Andrew Womack Ministries presents this message titled, Sowers and Eaters. We pray that the Word of God will come alive in your heart as you listen. I had something happen to me in November. I was in Decatur, Texas, and the pastor there, Greg Moore, Greg and Janice Moore are real good friends of ours, and we held a three-service meeting there. And the last night of the meeting, there was about 300 people in attendance, and Greg got up and got to encouraging the people to give towards our ministry. And he, out of 300 people, he says, I'm believing for $100,000 tonight to give to Andrew and to, towards his building program. And, you know, I'm just amazed at, at a minister that would push that hard to try and get an offering for a traveling minister. Most people would think that this is my money. These are my people. And, I, you know, if, I give, if we give you all of our money, then what's going to happen to me? But, man, he's a... He's a godly guy, and he knows that uh, the way to receive is to give. So anyway, he was, he was pushing for this, and he took these scriptures here from 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10, and it says, Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Anyway, one of the points that Greg was making is, he says, you know, God gives seed to the sower. Now, I've taught this before, but since he did this, I just really have been meditating on this, and it's become a stronger revelation on the inside of me, so I wanted to emphasize it again to you. But since he did this, uh, he was telling the people, he says, I know many of you don't feel like you have enough money to give towards this project, but he says, God gives seed to the sower. He says, if you will be willing to be a sower, if you'll say, God, I want to sow, God will get seed to you. God gives seed to sowers. And if you are a true sower, God will always give you money to uh, be able to give. And so he was just really emphasizing this point. And then he says, you know, Janice and I don't have the money that we want to give, but we're going to make a pledge of $1,000. And if God will give me the money, then I'm going to send it. To Andrew, And so he encouraged the people and he had people give pledges and do things like this. Well, the next morning I stopped by the church to pick up the materials that were left over and Greg was so excited he met me at the door and he says, he showed me this plot that they had five pieces of property in the city that they had been trying to sell for three years. It was an investment type of thing. And he said, this morning at 8 o'clock I got a call and this property sold. At 8 o'clock this morning he made the pledge probably at 8 o'clock the night before and in 12 hours time God had sold this property and he says man this is awesome and he says not only is this for me but this is for all of your partners and he really encouraged me I need to go to my partners and share this same truth with them so I've been meditating on this and anyway I just wanted to emphasize this this morning that God gives seed to sowers Notice here it says that he that ministers seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. God gives seed to the sower and he gives bread to the eater. Here's another way to look at this. You know, there's two types of people in this world, and that's eaters and sowers. This is important. You need to think about this. There are two types of people, eaters and sowers. An eater, this doesn't mean that it's wrong for you to eat, amen? Even <laughs> sowers have to eat. But I'm saying that an eater is a person who is focused on what their needs are. The reason that they pray for finances 
are for their needs to be met. Sowers also have to eat, but sowers are people who the reason they want to prosper is so that they can give. It is not so that they can get their needs met. And you know, this is something that it takes the Holy Spirit to give you revelation on what I'm saying because this is so far off from the natural way of thinking that for most people this is just, I mean, it, it takes God to supernaturally give you a revelation of this. But you can reach a place to where instead of praying for money so that your needs are met, you can pray for money so that you can be a blessing, so that you can be a sower. And the Lord will never give you just enough to meet the needs of somebody else. He will always bless you. This friend of mine, Don Sims, had this saying that one hand to receive and one hand to give, and as the money flows through, there's plenty for you. And it's true. Did you know a sower will have a super abundance? They will not only have their needs met, but God will always see to it that sowers have extras so that they can abound unto every good work. As a matter of fact, if you just back up a few verses into verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. Why does God want to prosper you? It says he will make all grace abound towards you so that you having all sufficiency in all things may what? Abound unto every good work. What he's talking about is that you can be able to give to everything so that you will always be a blessing. When the Lord called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he says, I will bless you and make you a blessing. Before you can be a blessing to others, you yourself have to be blessed. God doesn't want you to take money that you need to pay your rent and you need to pay your car payment and you need to do things. He doesn't want you to shap those people and then give to the church. That's not what God's talking about. But see, if you are a giver and if you really want to give to the church, if you really want to be a blessing to other people, God will always take care of your basic needs and give you over and above so that you will be able to sow. But the person who is saying, oh God, I want to sow, but you know what? The real emphasis is I want to get my needs met. God, help me. God, I want this. And if you are praying primarily for your needs to be met, then guess what? That's what you will get, is your needs meant. You will never have the abundance. You will never have the extra that a sower does. Most people are thinking that, you know what, if I, if I forgot about myself, though, and if I started putting first the kingdom of God, and if I really wanted to be a sower, if I got to where I was more concerned about giving than I was taking care of my needs, what would ever happen to me? The answer is, you would be taken care of better accidentally than you've ever taken care of yourself on purpose before. God is El Shaddai and not El Cheapo. Amen. God, it, he pays his streets with gold. His gates are made out of pearls. The foundation to his building are precious stones. God is extravagant. Did you know when God created the earth, it says in Genesis chapter 2, it says that the, the gold of Ophir was good gold. Man wouldn't have known gold from dirt if God hadn't have told them, this is gold, this is good. God's the one that told them gold's good. God's the one that said precious stones are awesome. God likes them. He builds his palaces out of them in heaven. The mansion that he's building you is going to have all of these things. God likes things like that. 
It says in Psalms chapter 35, verse 27, that let God be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God gets pleasure out of you prospering. God does not get pleasure out of you struggling. God is not pleased. Those of you that are here and you're struggling to make your uh, rent payments, you're struggling to make tuition, things like that, God's not pleased with that. God doesn't get any satisfaction out of it. Religion has taught us that God really delights in you being poor, that God uses poverty to punish you, to correct you, and it's what you deserve, and all these kind of things. That is absolutely untrue. God gets pleasure out of the prosperity of his servant, and because of that, if you would put first the kingdom of God, if instead of working to get your needs met, you would work to meet the needs of others, and if God could get it through you, he will get it to you. If God could really see that you are a sower, I can guarantee you God will get money to you in a supernatural fashion. God gives seed to sowers. You know what seed is talking about is that seed, you sow seed and you eat bread. You don't, eat, you don't sow bread and you don't eat seed. You need to recognize whether the money you have is meant to be sown or whether it's meant to be eaten. That means use it for yourself and for your needs. You don't plant bread and you don't eat seed. Why, well, this is an awesome truth. These are great truths. How do you know what is seed and what's bread? How do you know whether the money, the resources that you get are intended to be sown or if they are intended to be eaten, used on yourself? Well, there's a lot of things involved. Back up again here in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 in verse 6. It says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. This is a very simple law, and that is that you know what? You, if you want a big harvest, you've got to plant a lot of seed. But it's amazing, in the spiritual realm, people are wanting big harvest, but they want to plant as little seed as they possibly can and then get the biggest harvest that they possibly can. You know what, if you had that attitude and if you're a farmer, you would wind up going hungry. That just isn't the way it works. If you, you know when a farmer goes out and plants his crop, he's not thinking, oh, how little do I have to plant? That's not what he's thinking. He's thinking, how much can I possibly get in the ground? Because he knows that every seed that goes in the ground is going to produce a hundredfold. You know, a, a corn, a, one little kernel of corn I forget the exact numbers, but for every kernel of corn that is planted, a corn stalk has three heads on it, or ears, and an ear has something like 740 kernels of corn for, ev for every ear, so you multiply that times three, and that's what? 20-something, 2,200, 2,300 kernels of corn for every one you put in the ground. And instead of thinking, man, do I have to put this one in the ground? They look at it as, man, I get to put this one in the ground. This is going to produce me 2,200 kernels of corn. And, and instead of, of seeing how little they can do, it's how much can I plant. If you plant a little, you only get a little. So here's one of the ways that you discern whether what you've got is seed or whether it's bread. Are you supposed to eat it? Are you supposed to plant it? One of the simple things is, is what 
harvest do you want? A farmer basically plants the seed so that he can harvest so much. What he does is figure out what the price of wheat is, what the price of corn is, or something like that. And he figures, you know what? If it sells for so much per bushel, then I need this many bushels. How much seed do I have to plant to get this much bushels? And that's how they decide what to plant. Did you know you can do this same thing? What is it that you are believing God for? You ought to figure out what your needs are. You ought to figure out what your rent or house payment is, what your car payment is, whatever your bills are. And first thing, you ought to figure out how much you want to give and come up with a total. And if that comes up to 10000 20000 30000 then how much do you have to plant to receive $30,000? I know somebody, I'm stretching your thinking here. But see, most people, what they do is take, well, I got $10, God, I guess I'll give you one. What you need to do is instead of tithing off of what you have, which you can do that, and that's not wrong, that's a starting place, but why don't you start tithing on what you're believing for? Why don't you sow seed towards what you believe your income needs to be? Doesn't that make sense? That's the way a farmer operates. A farmer plants enough seed to get the crop that he's believing for. Well, you can do the same thing in the spiritual realm. So how do you know whether it's seed to sow or whether it's bread to eat? Well, one of the ways that you do is look at what it is that you are desiring to be your income. What is it that you're wanting to give? And then plant enough seed, sow enough seed to produce the income that you want. If you need $30,000 a year, give at least $3,000 a year in your giving. And you know what? Your income will begin to increase. You can sow toward your income. Well, some of you are looking at me strange, like, I'm not sure about this. That's the way a farmer works, and this is exactly the illustration that he's using. You know what? You can be a sower. You can, be, you can uh, start operating in this principle of sowing instead of just eating. Instead of looking for your own needs to be met, you can look for other people's needs to be met. Look over here in Ephesians chapter 4 at a passage of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28 says, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. And there's some good things in this verse. It says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather. What this is saying is, in contrast to stealing, now go work. And you know what you can say from that? That if you aren't working, you're stealing. Now again, anybody can be in trouble for a period of time. Anybody needs help for a brief period of time. But you know what? If your whole lifestyle, if your second, third, fourth generation welfare, you're stealing. You're living off of other people. That's like a leech. God wants you to contribute instead of be someone who's a taker. He wants you to be a sower instead of an eater. You need to be contributing. You need to do something. So it says, don't steal anymore, but rather labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good. For what purpose? That he may have to give to him that needs. You know why you're supposed to get a job? 
It's not to take care of your house payment, your car payment, and your groceries. It's so that you can be a giver. That's the reason you should work, is so that you can be a giver. And I can just hear somebody saying, well, what about me? Doesn't God care about me? Doesn't God care if I have a new car? Doesn't... Yes, God, again, God is not El Cheapo, He's El Shaddai. God wants to bless you. But I'm saying that the reason you should work is so that you can put first the kingdom of God. You know, when you go look for a job, instead of saying, well, boy, my, my tuition is this much, my house is this much, and I've got to have so much to be able to do this. You know what you need to do is to say, I want to be a $10,000 a year giver. Or I want to be a $20,000 a year giver, and to do that, I have to have this much income. And that's the way that you ought to believe. You ought to set your standards based on how much you want to sow instead of how much you want to eat. Nearly everybody revolves around, what do I need to eat? What are my needs? I want a new TV. I want a new VCR. I want this. And we are always thinking about us instead of being a sower. The Bible says God gives seed to sowers. Another way of saying this is that if you are short of seed, you aren't a good sower. If you were a good sower, God would give seed to you. That's quiet in this Presbyterian church. It's true. It's true. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles, I believe it's 16.9, that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth seeking to show himself strong in behalf of those who are perfect in his sight. Perfect in his sight doesn't mean that you're sinless or something. Matter of fact, some translations say those who are totally his are those who are seeking him with all of their heart. You know what? God is looking. God is more than able to prosper you and to bless you. God, I mean, all it takes is one idea. One idea from God could make you a multiplied millionaire overnight. Man, there are so many examples of this. You know, I had a woman that was in our uh, Bible studies in Childress. I mean, no, not, it wasn't Childress. It was, uh, where was I? This was when I was in Pritchett, and then I moved to Lamar, Colorado. And when I was in Lamar, Colorado, this lady was in our Bible study. Her husband worked flipping burgers at a local hamburger shop. And she stayed home with the kids. She had, I think, four kids. And they were always poor. My wife and I bailed them out a number of times. Used to give them money. Every time a you know, holiday came up, we'd give them money because they didn't have enough money. And she just struggled. But she was a great lady. She was believing God. And as we began to talk on prosperity, she just began to believe God for supernatural prosperity. And one day she was at home and she didn't like the clay that she bought in stores because it would stick to things and it was toxic. And so she came up with a formula and made her own clay so that her kids could play with So one day as she was cooking this clay on her stove, she was praying and she says, God, I know that you love me. I'm a, she, she may not have used these words, but I'm a sower. I want to give. And I'm believing that we are breaking out of this poverty and says, you know, there, all I need is one idea. Give me one creative idea. And as she was praying, the Lord says, take this clay that you're making. And she rolled it into these little long things, put them in one Ziploc bag, six rolls of clay in one Ziploc bag, different colors. And she started going to these craft shows and stuff. And anyway, now this woman employs 180-something women. She is a multimillionaire through making the clay that she was cooking for her kids. 
And instead of bailing her out, oh, she's just one idea away from being a millionaire. You know, the majority of things have yet to be invented. You know, in 1800 and something, the president or the head of the patent office said that he was thinking about closing down the patent office because everything that could be invented had been invented. <laughs> i tell you what. God, there are so many things. There are some things that God has spoken to me. I'm not going to tell you about them right now, but I mean ideas that could revolutionize the entire world the way we do things. God has shown me some things I think are just revolutionary, and I just don't have the ability to do with anything with them, but somebody will come up with this stuff. Somebody will be able to do things like this. Man, all you need is just a creative idea. You know, you can, I could guarantee you, if I went to work for somebody, it wouldn't be very long until I'd manage the place and probably own it. And it's true. I can guarantee you it's true. As a matter of fact, I've done it in the past. When I was in Childress, Texas, I had to go to work for my landlord because I didn't have money to pay my bill. And instead of avoiding him, I went down to his business and told him, I said, look, I'm not trying to avoid you. I'm just in a situation. I don't have the money right now. But I said, my wife's blood's worth $150 a pint if I have to sell it. <laughs> I never did, but boy, she, she does have a negative blood, you know, so it's real rare. And I told her, I said, man, it, we'll pay it somehow or another. And this guy says, well, you can work it out. And he put me to work. And within two months of working in his business, he offered me an equal partnership. Went from being the tenant to wanting to be an equal partner. And that's when the Lord called me to move to Pritchett, Colorado, and I had to turn him down. But I can guarantee you, it wouldn't matter what I do. I'm going to prosper because I'm a giver and I'm a sower and I'm believing God. And instead of being negative and going in and just moping around and working as slow as you can, I guarantee you, I go in and a person's going to be blessed if I work for them. And because of it, I'll rise to the top. I'll be blessed regardless of what I do. Some of you are shaking your head. Others are thinking, I don't know if that would work for me or not. I'll tell you what, good help's hard to come by. And you find somebody who's, who's there to make you prosper, and they want to make your business a success, and they're going to do twice as much as what you ask them to do. I guarantee you, you will prosper every time. You'll be promoted above other people. It'll work every single time. But if you go in and do as little as you have to do to be able to draw your paycheck, then you're going to struggle. And it's, and it's this whole attitude that we're talking about. Some are sowers, some are eaters, some are givers. Even when you work, you are thinking about your employer. You're trying to bless your employer. You're trying to give to them. Others go there and it's like, man, I'm working for me. I want this paycheck. What can you do for me? You know, I'm, I'm not uh, qualified to make a blanket statement here, but, but, I, but I believe that basically that these labor unions and stuff, at one time there may have been a real good purpose for that and there may be some benefit to it. But you know what? The whole concept is that we are going to shaft our employer. We are going to get as much as we possibly can. It's an eater mentality instead of a sower mentality. And basically, I think it's an ungodly concept. You don't need that if you went in and if you served your employer with the right attitude, I guarantee you, you could prosper much, 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 much more than a union could ever make you prosper. God will take care of you. 
And you need to recognize, some of you are saying, but my employer's a bad guy. Well, the Bible says in Psalm 75, 6, that promotion doesn't come from the north or from, um, from the south or from the east or from the west, but God is the one that sets up one and puts down another. Did you know what? God will promote you. God will bless you. God will take care of things. Your employer may be the channel through which God blesses you, but he is not your source. God is your source. And if you do things hardly as unto the Lord and not unto man, God will reward you, is what it says in Ephesians chapter 6. You need to serve people as serving the Lord and not serving man. If you would work your job, I mean like, God, this is my ministry. I'm going to do this for the glory of God. I am going to be the very best employee that this business has ever had. You get in and do something like that, and I guarantee you, God will promote you. God will prosper you. But again, this eater mentality is, oh God, you know, I just need these things, and what about me? If you're always thinking about yourself, you are your own worst enemy. You are hindering your own prosperity. But if you will begin to start thinking about, man, how can I bless this employer? How can I do these things? God will supernaturally prosper you. This is such a simple principle, but it's something that very few people have. Very few people have that kind of an attitude. But you know, if you became a giver, if you got to, I've used this example before, but if you need a car, instead of thinking about your need, why don't you go meet somebody else's need and get them a car? If you need groceries, why don't you go get groceries for somebody else? Man, if you need to have your tuition paid, why don't you go pay tuition for somebody else? Some people think, well, that's just absolutely irresponsible. I've got to pay my tuition first and then take care of others. But I know that this, it just has to be the Holy Spirit that quickens this to you, but I'm telling you, it works. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, a familiar passage of Scripture to most people. We're so familiar with it, nobody does it. But Matthew 6, 33 says... Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. What are the things that it's talking about? It's talking about what you eat, where you sleep, what you're clothed with. It's talking about your material needs. Believe it or not, if you get to where you live to give instead of live to eat, and I'll give a little bit along the way to soothe my conscience and appease the wrath of God, but if you get to where you live to give instead of live to eat, God will take care of you. God will supernaturally get involved in your finances. God will make things work in your life in ways that it's just unexplainable. You know, if you can look at everything you've got and say, I work for this, I purchased this, this is my effort, this is my sweat that made this came to pa come to pass, then you know what, you haven't tapped into God's supernatural supply. God will begin to prosper you in ways that honestly you can say, yes, I work, but you know what? It is supernatural the way God's blessed me. It is not normal. I may have done my job, but I mean, God sent me business. God did things. It is just not normal. It's not natural. God will get involved in your finances supernaturally. And there's a million ways that this can come to pass. You know, our house, when we had our house built, I've, I've got 26 acres of land, and we bought the land for $45,000. Uh, that's the reason we live so far out, is because that's all we could afford with <laughs> $45,000. And uh, 
Then I got ready to build a house, and all I had was another $45,000. I mean, this, I didn't have it. That's all I could borrow. That was my maximum limit. And um, so I had a VA loan. And um, anyway, I was going to put a mobile home on there, a modular home. And this guy in our church says, you don't want a modular home. And I said, well, it's not what I want, but that's what I can afford. And he says, I'm a builder. He says, you, I tell you what. You pay me $3,000 and then I'll build your house and you just sign the receipts and do all this stuff. So anyway, we paid a total of $60,000 for that house. I had to really stretch myself to do it, but we paid a total of $60,000 and I guessed that the house was probably worth one hundred and twenty dollars when we got it built. I got it like half price and our tax evaluation just came out and now they're evaluating the whole thing over $400,000 and all I have is 60000 in the whole thing. <laughs> You know what? I can't look at that and say, I did this. This was my genius. I was going to put a mobile home on the property. <laughs> you know what? God will supernaturally bless you. If God can get it through you, he will get it to you. I don't know if I'm getting this across to you, but if you would put first the kingdom of God, if you would get this attitude, God, I want to be a sower. God, I want to be a giver. And Lord, yes, I have needs, but you know what my needs are, and you will not only give seed to the sower, but bread to the eater. You'll provide for my necessities if I just get to where I first of all put first the kingdom of God. And man, if you could get that attitude, what a difference that would make in your life. You know, when you get your paycheck, the very first thing you ought to do is give off of it. You shouldn't pay your bills and buy whatever you want and do all the things that you want and then if there's something left over, tip God. That's not the way that it works. You know, the very first thing you ought to do is give. You ought to give off of the gross instead of off of the net. Amen? Amen. Again, I have people come to me and they say, do we have to give off the gross or off the net? You know, if I've already paid taxes on this one time, and I mean paid tithes on it, and if I, if I did that one time, then when I draw it out of the savings, do I give on it again or what? I mean, it's like people have this attitude of how little do I have to give? You haven't got the sower attitude yet. A farmer isn't thinking how little do I have to give. They are excited. They are taking everything they can get and putting the ground because they know it's going to produce 2,200 times for every one kernel they put in the ground. Man, that's a wrong attitude. Instead of how little do I have to give, it's how much can I possibly give and still survive. And there is a uh, principle of seed, time, and harvest. There's seed and time and then harvest. <laughs> you know what? It's not going to happen automatically. Those of you that are, maybe this is new to you, and you start putting God first in giving, you may not see by tomorrow morning the increase on your giving. And uh, if you're just going to try this for a week and see if it works, well, then you'll never become a real sower and you'll never enter into God's supernatural abundance. There is time in it. But it's not a huge amount of time. Matter of fact, we've asked our students every year at the end of the year, how many of you are better off financially after two years in Bible college than you were before you came? And it's, I think the lowest uh, response we've ever had was 75% were better off. Sometimes it's 90% or more. And you know, that's crazy because you lost your normal job, you've uprooted, you are paying tuition, everything has changed. In the natural, you should be less 
when you leave school than when you came. When you go to a secular college, you have to take out student loans. It takes you the rest of your life to pay the things off. But you know what? In Bible college, if you will get hold of this principle and if you will put God first and become a sower, I can guarantee you, you will leave this place better than when you came in. And that's the way that it always is. That's the way that it should be. God will take care of you. But really, it's an attitude of the heart. It's just, how do, you, how do you see things? Are you praying for your needs to be met? Are you always like a vacuum cleaner sucking everything towards you? Are you like one of these blowers that's always trying to give it out? Is it all coming towards you or are you putting it out? Are you an eater or are you a sower? You know what, when you get to where you are just wanting to give, man, you're wanting to bless and sow, God will get it to you. So I encourage you this morning that you need to get this attitude. You need to recognize God will either give you the superabundance of a sower, which will take care of all of your needs. You'll be blessed more accidentally than you ever were before on purpose, but you'll have all of this extra to give. Or you can be an eater that just is always praying about your needs and you can struggle through and get your needs met. But God's not going to give you an abundance because all you do is buy another television, buy all of these other things for yourself. There's nothing against, there's nothing wrong with you having lots of things, but it's really a matter of priorities. Sowers have to eat too. So God takes care of the physical needs of sowers. God is not against you having nice things. He's not against you driving nice cars. He's not against you having a television in every house as long as that's not, I mean, in every, well, in every house. See, that's abundance. In every room. <laughs> praise God. He's not against you having multiple things as long as your heart's desire is, God, I want to be a blessing. And you know, this is a real definition of what prosperity is. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says that he's able to make all grace abound towards you so that you having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. You know how to define prosperity? What prosperity is? Prosperity isn't the size of house you live in. It's not the kind of car you drive. It's not how much jewelry you have. Prosperity is are you able to give to every good work? Amen. Are you able to be the blessing that you want to be? Do you go to a church that they're trying to believe God for something and that you aren't the biggest giver? You know, right now, the church that I'm attending, they're believing God for a new building, and at the moment, I'm the biggest giver. Amen. I've given a lot of money to it. And uh, that's what I want to be. I want to be the biggest giver. Amen. I want to be the one who gives more than everybody else. And because of that, you know what? God takes care of me. I've got all my needs met. I'm blessed. I was telling Jamie the other day that if I had a million dollars, I'd give it away. I don't want anything more than what I got. I really don't. I mean, there might be a few minor things, but I'm blessed. I don't want any more. You need to get this attitude that, man, if, if you can live to give, God will prosper you greater than you could ever imagine. God will begin to bless you so much that you'll be embarrassed. If you aren't embarrassed over your level of prosperity, how good things go for you, then you haven't tapped into God's supply. God will embarrass you. I've had people criticize me over the cars that I drive. And you know what? There's times that I think, man, you know, everybody's criticizing all these ministers drive nice cars, but they're bought for me. They're given to me. 
So what do I do? Turn down the nice car, go buy something cheaper and make payments and have a worse <laughs> cash flow so that I can look humble? That's not humility, that's stupidity. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes it's embarrassing the way that God blesses you and takes care of you. If you haven't gotten to a place where God is just treating you so good that at times it's nearly embarrassing, then you know what? You aren't a real good sower. God will give you super abundance. Amen? Well, I believe that all of us should want that attitude. All of us should want to be a blessing. And you can get beyond praying about your needs. Go to praying about other people's needs. Go to praying about being a blessing. And I can guarantee you, if you do that, God will see to it that your needs are taken care of. God will take care of you supernaturally. It may not happen in 24 hours because there's this seed, time, and harvest. But you know what? It will work if you will get that attitude. And don't give what you don't have. But just start where you are with what you do have and start being faithful with what you do have. Don't go out and put everything on a credit card and run up expense. But it's accepted according to that a man has and not according to that he has not. And if you'll just start getting this attitude, I guarantee you God will prosper you. Isn't that good? We hope that your heart has been quickened by hearing the Word of God through this message. Remember, Andrew Womack Ministries operates a helpline that you can call for prayer and information at 719-635-1111. We have a ministry website at www.awmi.net and you can write the ministry at P.O. Box 3333, Colorado Springs 80934. Until next time, we pray that you will reach out by faith and receive everything that is yours through God's grace.